Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Live Better Podcast. We are live with Coach, Coach Dave Carson. It's good to be here, man. Oh, oh let's get it. I've been waiting for this for a while. 24 Life. <laughs> 24 Life. CSCS. Nike Master Trainer. Jordan Trainer. Jordan Trainer. Man, y'all make me sound what way cool. <laughs> Leaper. Leaper. Y'all my, make me, my personal dunk coach. Yeah, y'all make me sound way cooler than what I actually am. But I appreciate all of that, man. It feels like family. Like, you know, it's great to see you guys grow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's great to be a part of that growth. So You were there from the beginning. From the you know beginning. That? You know what I mean? Meeting. Right. And I remember telling you guys, like, man, y'all keep that energy up. Yo, you'll be able to take over this, right? Like, we're in an energy business. At the end of the day, you're going to learn everything you want to learn. But if you're not bringing energy day in and day out, and I saw that from the beginning. So, man, it's kind of cool, especially now, to see where you guys are. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it. Dude, that's what – I mean, that's also what I like about you so much. It's always been so fun coaching. It's like, I know exactly what it's going to go like. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be tight. It's going to be high energy. I'm going to get good coaching. And it's just fun as hell to be around you. Without a doubt, man. And, and I take that personally just because um, obviously I played basketball my entire life. And I remember the coaches that were able to get to me and really make me a great player. I remember the great seasons I had were always with a coach who brought it every single day. Like, I knew exactly what I was going to get from this coach every single day. And I always want to be one of those coaches of, all right, when I come in and go with Coach Dave, like, he's going to be ready to go. He's going to give me everything he's got. So if I don't match his intensity, I'm going to be embarrassed, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to match my intensity. Without that, you're going to be embarrassed or you're not going to want to come back. And then when I look back on it, I can look myself in the face or we can look ourselves in the mirror. But I brought my best. You didn't bring your best so I can live with myself. You can't live with yourself maybe, you know? That is – I mean, and every time we come with that, I, I also really appreciate that. I don't know. It was either a Jeter quote and I heard, you know, when all the Kobe stuff started happening too and all his, like, quotes started surfacing. Mm-hmm. He kind of said something similar. But every time I, I think about coaching, it's like you don't know – if it's somebody's first time being exactly. in the gym or in a class or exactly. whatever it is, it doesn't matter the environment. Or you don't know if, like, you know, we're not getting a lot of, like, people are retiring from fitness, but you don't know if it's somebody's, like, last straw. I love that. I love like, that. you got to show up. You don't have I a grew choice. Up, I grew up choice. in this area, obviously, and I, I got a chance to go to the Michael Jordan camp every year as a kid. And it was really, it was really life-changing in my life just to see him in person, right? And I remember every year – they would ask him his goal. Like, it, it, it was no doubt that they – it would be a kid to stand up and ask him, like, what are your goals? And he was just, I want to play 82 games. I want to play 82 games. And then 
one one year one person dug into it. I got so used to hearing it that it wasn't even a big deal to me. But one year he really went into it. He said, I play 82 games because I know this may be the first time a kid may ever see me play. And they're coming to watch They're coming yeah. to watch me. So if I don't bring it every single night, they may go home a little disappointed in what they heard because he understands his presence in the world. He understands that people – it's synonymous Michael Jordan and greatness, right? So if you're thinking great, you don't want to go home disappointed from greatness. And I was just like, man, like that's it, right? Like the first time someone meets you, that may be they may have been looking forward to that for three weeks. They may have been trying to sign up for you guys' class for three weeks, not getting into class, having to sign up again, not getting into class, work in the fear. So that one time they come, that they've sacrificed everything. They got, they left work early. They had a horrible day. And they come to you and you're not bringing it, like they'll be so disappointed. And you don't see all of that. You don't see all the buildup into that, you know? So what are some ways that you bring it every day? How do you, how do, you do it? How do you get to the gym at yeah. 5 a.m. and bring it for however many hours you're doing it and then go work with the kids and then pop over here and help yep. us dunk? How, how do you bring it? What it's, are you doing? It's tough. It, it really is tough to bring it every single day. But I have an athlete mentality of when I'm going, I'm going 200%. When I'm not, I'm recovering to go again. Right? I think many times people spread themselves too thin and not in the sense of doing too many things, but half-ass in everything they do, right? So you're not getting anything accomplished. There's no completion in anything. And especially in this journey, as a performance coach, I've seen a lot of people start and just half-ass everything and not finish everything. They may have had more talent in the beginning, but they never completed anything, right? Like, we need to understand completion is where we can move on to the next thing, right? So uh, I – I'm. Learned this from Nunez, who's one of my favorite guys on earth. That's one of my best friends right now, especially in this industry of whatever I'm doing, that's all I'm doing at the moment, right? He has a great quote that says, if he's speaking to a group of people, he's not a father at that moment, right? He's a speaker, right? So I try to take that into my training. When I'm training, when I'm coaching, I'm coaching. I'm not answering my phone. I'm not answering emails. I could care less what's going on with my business, right? But when that's done and I'm back to my business, I'm diving into that. When I'm resting, I'm fully recovering. I'm turning my phone off. I'm taking a nap. I'm going to sleep. I'm recovering for the next thing. So with that said, I try to say, whatever you do, if you go 100% in, you're going to push yourself ahead of the pal that when you come back to that pal, you're ahead, right? And then the next thing you do, you can focus on that. So focus on everything as you go. I think that that's something that the three of us have in common. Mm -hmm. You just like you don't get it. Uh, you, it's just not even an option. Mm -hmm. We've never even given it an option well, as, exactly. a, as a thought to be exactly. like, "Wow, should I do this?" And you just watch in places you got people on their phone, without a doubt, or not, or, or hobnobbing with whomever, and without not paying doubt. attention to what you're doing. It's like, yep. what do you, what are you there to do? Yeah, and you better be focused on that because that one kid who needs it, or that one mom exactly. or adult or whomever that needs it is looking to you, and if you fail her, that's on you. And, and I agree with that, just because we understand that's in our business where we've been in a situation, we've been a, around a lot of coaches, right? And then a client may come up to you and say, I wanna train with you. And it was literally nothing because of energy and you probably gave your all or you told them good job when the next coach walked right by them or you corrected they form when the coach before them didn't care. You know, So 
just knowing that you're in there and you're giving 110% in everything you do, you know when you look up, you're going to be ahead of the game. You have no idea how you're going to get there, but you just know you're going to be ahead of the game because you gave everything you had. You gave everything you had. It's just a different type of confidence you could go into every situation that way. What like where where do you think that that came from for you? Because I know a little bit about you. Yeah, we we never like had a long yeah. Like, so talk, I, talk go go. I love beginning, that. I'm like, a, I'm gonna go into my story. So I grew. My parents worked their ass off. I'm an only child. My parents worked their ass off. My mom worked nights. My dad worked days. So I was a uh, by myself a lot. With that said, they worked their ass off. So I didn't grow up in a household that had lean protein veggies. A strict card. You know what I mean? So, like, we had fat. I was living off fast food. My grandma picked me up from school. So, I was an overweight kid. Basketball was my outlet of socialization. I got to meet other kids in the neighborhood. I'm from Gary, Indiana, originally. Uh, so, I got to meet other kids. It was a, a great tool for me. My dad played basketball in the military. So, I, I always kind of wanted to be like my dad. So, I always loved basketball. We grew up in the Jordan era. So, <laughs> if you weren't playing basketball, you weren't doing anything yeah, else. Yeah. That was the only sport on earth. So <laughs> growing playing soccer with Jordan. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, without I had a Jordan, Jordan jersey. <laughs> My current doubt. soccer shoes are Jordan. Without Neymar a doubt. Brand. Exactly. Like, without oh, a doubt. And the golf shoes. <laughs> without, My golf shoes are Jordan golf shoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, he he was everything to us. So growing up, I was an overweight kid. So I always struggled with conditioning. Conditioning was always something I dreaded. I dreaded running, and I never had a coach who kind of broke it down to me that this can help you, or you can be good at this. You're not good at long distance, but you're pretty fast. You're pretty athletic. So I never saw my place in that. Long story, uh, I went to college. I ended up – I still became a really good basketball player. Division one, I played college basketball. I made it to the tournament everything. But even in college, I, I was put in what was called fat camp, or if you were over – 11, 12% body fat, you were in fat cap, you had to do an extra conditioning. But it was always punishment. So it was always synonymous with punishment. I never wanted to be in the gym. I always wanted to play basketball. I always felt like everything outside of basketball was a chore. I ended up transferring to Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne. One of my coaches, I had a mentor, um, Coach Rudolphy, who's strength and conditioning coach, everyone knows. And he kind of just broke everything down for me. Of just If you do this, you will get this, this hang clean is to make you a better jumper. You reduce your body fat, you would be a more robust athlete, and it just clicked for me. My senior year, I had a great senior year. I signed with an agent uh, on my way home, transferring uh, people who aren't familiar with the rules, you have to sit out a year. So in my red shirt year, I got my master's uh, in human resource management. My undergrad was in kinesiology. So I always was cool. really cool with the body, really want to understand the body. Um, on my way home, two days before my open house, one day after signing with an agent, I got hit head on by a woman trying to commit suicide. Um, she died on impact. Uh, I broke my arm, broke my leg, dislocated eight toes, broke my sternum. And it, it just, it floored me, man. Like I've, I, I went in severe depression because I was so close to a dream. Who knows? I'm not saying I would have been an NBA, but who knows what would have happened. I had workouts lined up. I had everything lined up. And it was just taken away from me. And you guys see how I am. Like, I'm a positive guy. And I always felt like if you put the work in, the universe owed you, right? Like, I put the work in. I, w I was shooting a 1,000 shots a day. I, I changed my body. I had a great, had a great college career. But when that happened, it, it was literally something I had 
it had nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? So that really hurt me. It really put me in severe depression. So uh, I went to a rehab facility that there were occupational rehab, right? So they're used to getting people back to walking. They're not used to developing an athlete, right? Like I, I was a professional athlete, and they have really never worked with professional athletes. So my rehab went much longer than expected. My gait pattern never returned. I wasn't even able because I dislocated my elbow. I was never, I never got the full extension in my elbow. Obviously, playing basketball, that's a huge thing. Um, my agent was really on me. I want to stay here in the States and play in like G League and still give the NBA a shot. My agent was really on me about chasing the money. And, you know, what we know in life, you never chase the money. But when things get taken away from you so quick, you start to realize your mortality. So I went to Germany, got injured within the first week, hurt my knee, partially torn meniscus. So I had to return home really cut by the team, which is the first time I've ever been cut in my life. Like, I, I, I never was the one who had to look at the board. You know, when they, when they announced the team, I never was that guy who, like, oh, man, like, whatever. I see you guys on practice Monday. You know what I mean? So I was never that guy. So I had to return home. Had a couple tough things happen. But I re rehabbed myself, found another mentor in my city who really turned me on to performance training, right? The way we see it now, right, A-skipping, bounds, things like that, things that make you more athlete, more athletic, more robust athlete. So I really started to find my rhythm with that. Ended up taking a job in Lithuania. I was like, I'm here, right? Got another injury. Ended up having a stretch fracture in my foot. During that time, on my way home, my mom called me and said she had a torn meniscus. And it was degenerative. The doctor told her it was degenerative because she's 150 pounds overweight. I'll probably talk about my mom a lot in this podcast just because she's my best friend. That's like my motivation for a lot. Both my parents, but me and my mom have, have a special relationship. The doc, and so my, my gift to her, I told her, I was like, I'm going to train you. I just want to come home. I, I just want to train you. I have been training kids in the offseason, just basketball-wise, a little physical stuff, but more basketball-wise. Within the first year, she lost 115 pounds. So the feeling that I got in my heart I was like, this is what I this is what I meant to do, right? I was always one of those guys, I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to open a camp for kids. I'm going to do this and that. So I always knew I want to help people. I just had no idea it would be through a physical space because just like I told you, it was a space I hated, right? I, yeah. I never enjoyed this space. So after doing that, I moved to Chicago, ended up working at Export, a big box gym, and I, I didn't even have my first client till four months in. So I – was bankrupt, lost all the money in my account, all the money from playing. I was paying more in parking downtown than I was making <laughs> coming back. So it was a, a crazy thing. But I would show up at 5 a.m. I would leave at 8 p.m. So I'd be in a gym every day, all day. And it's, it's funny now I see people from that gym and it's like, man, I remember talking to you every day because my goal was I'm going to introduce myself to everyone in the gym. And even if they don't train with, the me, with me, I want them to ask me a question about fitness just because I want when they think about fitness, they think about me. So eventually if they ever get money enough to get training, I know they'll come to me. That didn't pay off to four months. And then after that, man, I kind of blink and I'm here now, right? Like it, it, it's crazy to think that that was 12 years ago, but I remember not being able to, almost getting kicked out of my apartment, not being able to pay my bills and 
you know, I look up now that this is a space I've carved out a niche in, and I'm just super happy about it, man. I'm, I'm blessed. I realize I always tell a joke of the universe. God knew that how hard-headed I was, so he knew he had to put something crazy like that accident to, like, rearrange my thoughts, rearrange my life in a, in a way like that. Get what you asked for. You definitely but get what you asked for. It was not how you. It was definitely not how you think. All it the was time. definitely not how I thought all the time, man. You know, and I, I thank, I thank God and I thank the universe for giving me um, perspective and duality. Just because I always say I was a good basketball player because I wasn't always the star. Sometimes I was the middle person. Sometimes I was the youngest or the lowest on the totem pole. So I was able to be a great teammate along all those spectrums, right? Even in this fitness thing or this performance thing, right? It was a space I hated. So I know how it was to be, to communicate with that person at practice, right? Who Who's not bought into everything because they're, they're not winning anything. They're last in everything. Everything is much harder than them. We've seen this, right? We work with some athletes, it just clicks with them. Some athlete, it doesn't click until four or five months down the line. But if they buy in every single day, it's going to make them better in the long run. So I'm able, I think I'm able to communicate with that person much better than the average coach who comes from just being on the top of the fitness totem pole their entire life, right? Like, it was a struggle for me. It still is a struggle to maintain that consistency. So I love it. Dude, we appreciate you sharing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I need to share that story yeah, more. I need to share that story should, more. I have some I have some projects coming out with that, and I do need to share that story more. And I know when people see me, they see like, yo, the six seven dude been an athlete his whole life, and it's almost like a cloak of armor that I do need to take off and allow people to come in. All right, you know, I, I I totally agree with that. I do. I think too, like you are a shining example of what happens when you just apply hard work mm -hmm. and discipline on top of yep. like this path, but it doesn't come like, it just doesn't come so exactly. easy. Like just because you're six, seven doesn't make basketball Without a doubt. easy. Without a it, doubt. it just is like, it helps you realize what that path might be. Without a doubt. But like, it takes all those intangibles. And I think it, it, it does. It makes you relatable. It makes you relatable to the athlete that Without it takes, a doubt. It takes um, more work for. And I think even, even the superstars have mm -hmm. stuff to learn from things like that. Yeah. Because you kind of have to, I think like, and that's what injuries teach you. Like we, mm -hmm. Brad has had the same thing, but we've like, we both had some nasty yeah. life altering injuries. Without a like doubt. it takes away your ego. It takes yeah. away your worldview and mm -hmm. it, it makes you rearrange some things that, oh, I, well, I, I thought that this was kind of how I self-identify, but now I'm going to have to find a way around that. That's such a, that's such a good point. Just because, the trend, we, what we've learned and why we RP Kobe, why we looked up to Kobe so much is because he figured out the transition to, from athlete to yep. being successful human being, successful dad, right? Like that transition is hard when you, I identify myself as a basketball player my entire life. So when that was pulled away, that was, that was almost tougher than the accident. The pain, Whoa, way more. It's way more, right? Physical pain goes away. The physical pain goes away. I know I'll eventually be get able back. to work hard yeah. and be strong and get all of that back. But the the mental of I'm a different person, right? That that one moment changed my life. Like how will I adjust? And to go back to your question, I think why I throw two thousand percent of this? Because I I won't fail again. 
right? Not to say, like, basketball is a failure, but I look at it as the only thing that broke my heart, right? So it's, it's funny now that I train all these basketball players and these pro guys and NBA guys because the first four years of my career, I said I'm never going to coach basketball again. I'm never going to touch it. I don't want to be around it because it was that type of – that feeling of – Still a little bit there. It's like a bad relationship, breakup, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like a bad breakup. I, I know it's a little bit there. We had so much potential together. Like, just that bad thing that happened. Maybe we could – nah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. But now it's when you come back to that friendship of, man, you you taught me a lot. This game yeah, taught me yeah. a lot. I have to credit you for that, and I have to use that to touch people. Right, I have to use my gift to touch people. Like Brett wants to dunk, and I and I and our first conversation here here bring it up. It's just I remember that feeling. Like you get chills when you remember that feeling of man. I just want to dunk the basketball after that first dunk. That feeling, and I feel honored to want to be there when it happens. <laughs> right, like it's just such a hey. cool experience. It's just like basketball is such yeah. a has been such a religion such a guiding light in my life it kept me out of trouble it kept me focused right i was a really good student but i was a good student because my mom was like yo if you don't get a's and b's you're not gonna play basketball well okay all right let me <laughs> yeah. let me open this book right like but it was such a guiding light in my life it showed me so much lifelong friends lifelong lessons so it, it was really a huge thing to me so one thing that you dove into into your story, which again, thanks for sharing, was the relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we've seen you and your mom do some really cool stuff <laughs> together around food. Without um, a doubt, what a special thing to have helped her on that yeah. journey to lose weight. So, can you dive into the relationship that you have with yeah. your mother and Man, like, it's, why it's so valuable? It's just so valuable for me because it's what I want to be in people's lives. She was my ally, right? I, I, I'm a big proponent on we need an ally in our life. An ally who not only tells us the truth, but we know has our back no matter what, right? No matter what mistakes we made, I knew my mom had my back. Now, she would allow me to be disciplined, but she wouldn't allow people to stay on my back, right? And then she would be the hardest on me behind closed doors, right? But also have my back when I come. So my mom has just been a great push. She's the one I call all the time of, Ma, I had this business idea. Ma, I want to do this. She's the smartest person I know, let alone, you know what I mean, let alone. And I've seen her navigate spaces where she's not only the only woman, she's the only black woman, right? So she's in these director roles, and, you know, she worked with Michelle Obama, and she's done all this cool stuff, but she's such a humble leader that I, I always look for that. Of Someone told me that, Dave, man, you make everybody in the room feel special. And I'm always like, man, I got that from my mom. Like, <laughs> when she's talking, it's, it's a gift, yeah, man. Yeah, like, when she's talking to you, when she's talking to you, you feel like you're the only person on earth that matters, right? And that's such an important thing. And I, and I think more so for us because we're in classes sometimes 200, 300 people. If you can make eye contact with one person, they feel like you're locked into them. Even for a moment, they're bought in the entire workout. You don't have to look over there again because you know they're doing everything you want just because you made that eye contact. My mom has given me a lot of, like, those soft skills that I I hope to always have, right? And she became vegan. She was going on a vegan – she was changing her diet to vegan as we were in the midst of our weight loss journey. And I'm like, mom, like, take pictures of your food, right? Like, she's such a leader to everybody, but she's no IG, no social media. She's just like a leader, right? 
I'm like, Mom, take pictures of your food. By the end of that six months, she had like 40 different recipes, huh? you know? And I was like, Mom, let's just make a book out yeah. of it. Let's just have fun, you know what I mean? And then in that process, she got certified as a personal trainer with me, which was like super cool. She's just one of those people. She's She reminds me a lot of you guys. She's a lifelong learner, and she always emphasized that in my life. Though. You never know enough. You should always push to be more. You should always push to be humble. Be the smartest, most humble person in the room. And she's just amazing when it comes to that. I could go on hours and hours with that. But she's the true star. You know, I'm I'm the I'm the gift from her, right? She's the true star. She everything that every battery that she put in my back is what I give to the world. You know what I mean? So I, I love that I'm able to talk about her more. And that's really has been pushing me to tell my story more just so people can see her and really understand that you know that's the cool one yeah. like everything I'm getting I'm getting from her I stole from her right like you know what I mean not a bad person to, to yeah at all well. at all at all but I totally I resonate with what you said um I was at your your performance uh seminar mm -hmm. uh, about a month or so back and you know there was close to 100 people in the room and multiple times like I know you and mm -hmm. it was still like so when I go to those events, like I look at it twofold. What can yep. I learn? What's yep. the knowledge? But then also I take the top-down view of like, yep. how is this person coaching? Yep. So I looked at you and I looked at Carmen and Megan and everybody and was like, how are these people coaching? Yep. And just to see that, like I saw you do that mm -hmm. with everybody yep. in the room. Yep. And it wasn't like, you know, picking somebody out, yep. but it was just like at the right moment, at the yep. right time, this person's getting the right amount of attention. Exactly. And then everybody was going yeah, at Yeah, without a doubt. It was, and, and it was great. Buy-in is such a big thing. Like, we understand the science of everything is very important. But if you can buy in 100% to what you're doing, you're going to have some success in it, right? So how can I get you to buy in? How can I get you to really understand what I'm talking about? And people give subtle clues of if they're not understanding, right? So if I'm looking out into a crowd and I'm speaking to 100 people and I'm trying to get a point across, as I scan a room, if I see – five to ten people with the look on their face of they're just not getting it okay let me dig into this a little bit more right without having to like pinpoint this person of yo maybe they don't want to ask this question in front of 100 people but i want them to go home with this important information and they may not take it in the same way as other people right so it's really important to get that buy-in from them but you i mean yeah and when you're in a room with you specifically you can tell i mean and it also helps like your tallest stature right <laughs> like look exactly. at somebody you got a loud exactly. booming voice and yep. if i look at you like and nod right. like you, you get me doubt. right without if, a doubt if there's there is no mm -hmm. there's no escape right. you can't hide anymore exactly. even if you pull out your phone you're just gonna keep and looking I, at it being like so and i always say that one of my coaches erica says that a lot she says it's so hard coaching behind you. Like, you're so big. Your voice is so – and I think it was just one of those things early on I was like, I'm going to be – I'm going to own the room. If I'm going to be in a room, I'm going to own the room, right? I'm not going to be an asshole, right, and domineer everybody. But if I can infuse the room with positive energy just by my stature, just by my voice, I can command the room, all right? So that that is one of those things I really lean on. I, I'm going to be – a dominant feature in this room and I want everybody to feel comfortable because we know right if if you let the room get away from you it's, yeah, it's gone. gone it's, it's gone, gone yeah. right so if I yeah. from the 
the moment you walk into our facility, I want to be the voice you hear. <laughs> I was but, telling you about time. Like, yeah. I walk in to work with him and, yay, baby! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. me! Right. That's why I yell every time it comes in. Yeah, right. If, if, if I didn't even the, know he's in there. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Baby! <laughs> Without a doubt, if, you're, if I'm that voice you feel, right, who you going to take off your insecurities a little bit. You're like, I'm going to take my cool jacket off. Like, no one in here is yeah. too cool for school, right? Everyone in here is on the same on the same wavelength, we understand. If you're going to come in here, this is the energy you need to come in, right? We've all had good coaches where when you walk into the weight room or on the field, they're hitting you with the energy that you need for that day. All right, hustle up to me. Like, all right, I know it's one of those days, okay? Yeah. I like, man, all right, B, let's go. Like, well, okay, it's one of those days. I'm coming with energy. No matter, I'm taking, I'm leaving all the shit that I had in my car. Because they don't care. They don't care. I don't care, man. You owe it to your teammates. You owe it to your goals. You owe it to everything to give everything you have in this space. It's a small moment, 30 minutes, an hour of your day. Give it all you have right now. And we, we take for granted that we're able to lock in and do things, right? I think you guys know coming from corporate America or if like when, we, when you guys do these retreats or when I even talk and do my lunch and learns with corporate people, they – they never lock in on one thing, right? They're working at their desk, but they're not, like, locked in, right? They're on their phone. Maybe they're sending an email here. Maybe they're thinking about a meeting they have. Like, they're never 100% tuned in, and I think a lot of productivity kind of falls by on the wayside where we run our own businesses. We don't have that. <laughs> we don't can't have that. We, we can't mail even. it in. Yeah. We can't mail it in. And that's another thing to go back to my mom. Like, our moms never mailed being a mom in, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Coach K said yeah. this famously, like, to start training camp. He said um, when Zion and all these great freshmen walked in and they were kind of just mailing in to practice, you know? He, was, when, he said, when did your mom ever call in and say she couldn't be a mom that day? And, and that just resonated. You're done. You're done. No matter when we woke up, our mom was ready to go to be a mom. She may be fatigued. Right, our dad was ready to be. A, it's just, it's just crazy to think that we don't take that same productivity to the rest of our life. We understand that, but I think sometimes we take it for granted that this person may not even know what locked in feels like. I I've said this story in another podcast of I remember my college coach. The biggest difference between high school and college is playing hard. And I remember my college coach. The first thing he says, "You don't understand what playing hard is. You think you're playing hard. You think you are giving." Everything you have, there's so much more left in the tank. You're leaving something in the tank. When you guys finish that marathon, you guys know, like, I left everything out there. So it's something that athletics has taught us that, okay, there's another level to tap into that everybody in their everyday life don't have, right? Or they may not have experienced growing up in their life of, okay, lock in, give everything you got, and I promise you're going to still be alive. You're going to feel great about yourself, and you're going to be able to do it again, right? We are, we are always afraid of the, can I do that again? Will I die? Like, you won't. Yeah, and <laughs> if you didn't die, you didn't give 100%. You didn't, right, <laughs> without a doubt. That's a great point. You didn't die? Great, you could yeah, have gone harder. probably gone a little harder. Yes. There are mechanisms in your body to stop <laughs> you from doing that. <laughs> yeah. you know? so mechanisms in mind. <laughs> I, 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 a a bunch out. of stuff you just said I love yep. with. Uh, I love um, – the the locking in yep. uh the being on the, like the single task of yep. just doing this one thing 
how when you when you talk to whether it's corporate or somebody mm-hmm. one of your clients yep. or um, anybody mm-hmm. like and you you know you just did an event at Soho and yep. like so many things how how do you educate or inspire somebody to get that locked in mentality that's a great that's a great it, especially and i think to, to pull that out like you are dialed in because you love what you're mm-hmm. doing it's no it's doubt. ingrained it's in doubt. your blood like Without deep in there you don't have to Without you don't have to wake up and go ah yeah. like do i really want to do this today Without it's like no nah. This is what I'm doing, and I'm doing it all out. So what if they don't have that? Yeah, without a doubt. So I think everyone needs to find a why. Why? Like, why are you you doing this? Why are you doing this? I always tell my clients or even my MBA guys or my corporate lunch and learns of write down your perfect day. What does your perfect day look like? If I I remove every constraint in your life and told you write down your perfect day, what would it look like? Right? What, what time would you wake up? What would you do? You know what I mean? And then from that perfect day, how can we get to that perfect day? Why is that your perfect day? And how can we get to that perfect day? If it's, I want to play with my kid for three hours, right? How can we get that, right? What's your why? What allows you to get home and play with your kid for three days? for three hours out the day that allows you to have that much energy saved up, allows you to have the financial resources, allows you to have love and energy saved up for that. What allows you to get that? And whatever allows you to do the things you love, mine is connected with people. So every day I take what I do and say, I want to connect with people. I want to push people to their goals and their whatever limits they have. I want to help them figure, figure that out. And the only way that I've learned how to do that is to pour into a relationship. So I understand I'm a people, I, I, I love to connect in relationships. So that's my why, right? So every day I want to wake up with that same type of energy. So to answer your question, I think everyone needs to find whatever why, whatever goal that they have in life. And everyone's goal is not going to be the same. Just what does your perfect day look like? What does your perfect life look like? What do you want to do? Every single day. What what wakes you up every single day? If if you can close your eyes and wake up and be doing everything that you want to do, what would that look like? And now, once you see it and know it, you have to own it. You have to own it. It is your responsibility to live the life that you want to live. Like no one else's. It's yours. It's your, no. I don't care what happened. Right. When I got hit by that car, I was in a situation where I was blaming the world for that. With good reason, too. You know, I had I was blaming the world for everything that happened, and there was so much other bad luck that happened after that. And I was just blaming the world. But when I shifted my view, the world came with me. You know what I mean? Like me and Brett talk about this all the time. We read The Alchemist every single year. All right, and it's just one of those things. Once you make that decision, the world will conspire to give you what you want. You just have to go for it. You have to go for it, and not always see the staircase we call it faith but if you don't you're not gonna see the staircase me being a nike master trainer right now me being able to work with professional athletes i never saw that when i walked into export right when <laughs> yeah. i walk when i walk into export 30 street I, I was like man i'm i'm gonna meet people i'm gonna train i had no clue this was gonna be the end of it right the only time i thought nike or jordan brand or those things were i thought you had to be a professional athlete never would i imagine i'd be a trainer traveling the world, working with the top athletes, just by relationships, 
working my ass off, learning everything I could learn and pouring my all into it, right? You, I never saw that. I couldn't write that down in some fancy gold book, you know? But I knew if I gave it all every single day. As those, you know, they obviously became goals along the way, but I didn't know at the beginning that's what. I just know I want to work my ass off, push as hard as I can. Should we just stop it now? <laughs> you know what we call that perfect day? Yeah. You got a name for that. Yeah, that is. Um, I – I want to I want to pull all that in together yep. and then and then push it over the edge. Yep. You are a fantastic human being first. Mm-hmm. Thank so you, you. got the baseline, okay. right? And you get shaped by all that yep. and then you pull in the passion of basketball, yep. which is like a, an extra skill. Without like a you're, doubt. you're just made for that. It's abnormally tall. <laughs> yeah. And then you you find that relationships are what light you up. Mm-hmm. So then now we get into coaching and mm-hmm. you you find that this all turns what is on the back end of that, um, you know, our business is pushing people to the limits of their potential, mm-hmm. helping them understand what those are, bear the burden of that potential. Mm-hmm. Because if you, I think realizing your potential and not going after it is irresponsible. Without a doubt. So when, when you know that, now you know your potential is beyond export, right? Without so now like the, the walls are coming down. Mm-hmm. The limits are pushing further yeah. and further out. What is, and we we're talking about this a little bit before on the end, our thing is, all right, we're like, now, like now what? Now you, now you yeah. have all of this. Now you yeah. have all these things. Like what is the service aspect? Like what do you think is the, what do you think is the next step for you, honestly, like beyond training to work into service? So we were talking about uh-huh. um, wellness in the black yeah. community. You're talking about your mom being yep. one of the only yep. women and black women in, yep. in, in some of the roles that she's been in. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I know that you guys have kids programs that yeah. you're working with at On Your Mark. Like, what is that sort of like service mission where you're yeah, like, all right, this is now, now I got the platform. Yeah. Now this is on the court. Now what's the, the off the court? That's why they, that's why they, why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> that, that, that was a great way. Yeah. But my ultimate goal is to improve the healthcare continuum, especially in the black community. Um, we were kind of talking about this before, uh, but. If the rest of the world gets a cold, the black community gets the flu, right? Obesity is a problem in the world. It's an epidemic in the black community. And I really think that comes with knowledge. Um, That comes with accessibility. Really breaking down the systemic roles that's kind of been kept out of the black community, right? So in all underprivileged communities, not just the black community. Uh, So my next ventures or my next quarter in life will be to bring all my talents to people who wouldn't have access to those talents. I always say we've started game changes at On Your Mark now, which is youth programming for kids. And I always start off, I've been training professional athletes for close to 12 years now. I want to bring those same things to the youth, right? When I went to college, there was so much I didn't know, right? So if I can give these middle schoolers, these high schoolers, the accessibility of what that knowledge feels like, they can then go with the confidence of, yeah, coach. And this was the, the best things. Coach, one of the kids came in, coach, man, I went to the Bulls game early. I saw LeBron doing this move before the game. I was like, yeah, you're training the, you're training the same way LeBron trains, right? <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, so that, that automatic buy-in of, you could just know, you know he was there with his dad just feeling so proud of dad. 
I, and it could have been something simple like a glue bridge yeah, or something. Yeah, like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like mini man walk. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the, the that type of of feeling. I feel we didn't have growing up. Right? Social media has kind of opened the world to these kids of they understand that type of training that they do. So it's awesome to see that. To get back to this healthcare continuum, I just think it's where um, United States of America is, a, is in the sickness industry, not the wellness industry. Uh, when I give speeches, I always kind of say, um, we don't wait for the plane to crash till we start doing maintenance on the plane, right? We've all been there. We were sitting on the plane, it's two hours late. And they're still going through their 260-point checkpoint to make sure the plane is ready for flight before it even takes off. So being preemptive and keeping the plane together, we need to change our focus to that. And, th and that's why I really look up to you guys and really respect what you guys are doing just because this is a, a full circle of wellness. And I think everyone should have – I was talking about this a little bit last night. Everyone should have – a wellness circle or a wellness team in their life and it should be accessible for everyone you should have someone you can speak to about your mental health a professional talk to about your physical health a primary care physician that understands you what you've gone through your past and also just a, a couple of health allies that you can just talk to and lean on every single day and we understand and I think we take for granted in our industry that 99% of the world doesn't have that, right? We have, we could call each other. We can call it, you guys can call me and say, Dave, come in on a podcast, let's talk about this. Or if you guys have a question of, I want to jump higher, what's up? Like, Dave, talk to me. And you guys, we can access the top professionals in this field. We know what studies to read. We know how to access that information. We take for granted that the average person doesn't. We take for granted that we live in a city or we live in, in the part of the city where we can access fresh food, right? There are food deserts here that are just south and west side of kids who need it the most. So now we understand, even with our clients, that they have a different viewpoint of themselves when they work, work out, when they eat healthy. They just feel better about themselves. And they take less risk, right? They, they stop eating shit food. They get more sleep because they understand the fuel they put in their body. So they see themselves in a different view. So now we start to demonize these kids on the south and west side who make these bad decisions just because they don't see a way out. They don't see five years. They don't see three years. They don't see two years down the line just because they don't have long-term goals. We have long-term goals. <laughs> you, know, you guys ask me what's my next quarter of life going to be, and I have an answer for that, yeah. right? Like that's something we may take for granted of a kid is not supposed to have it figured out, but they supposed to look, they are supposed to look forward to something. And, I, and our ministry is health, physical fitness, and we understand of you having a dunk journey, Brett, shows are shows that you expect to be alive in eight to 12 months right and that's crazy to think about right like you you expect to be alive to have this journey to look forward to that a lot of kids don't have that same opportunity so if I could bring that same type of our love for life to communities that don't 
get that same type of energy into their life, that would be a great thing for me. And also, as we start to shift in this healthcare continuum, right now the elections are going on, and I've been really paying attention to the last two or three elections just because our ulti my ultimate goal is to get personal training, quote-unquote, or smart coaching or physical therapy into the healthcare continuum. Many times, and I've seen this with my dad, I've seen this with my mom, they go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, you need to lose weight. See you in four months. Like, what? Like, is that it? Like, how do I do it? How does it, how does it break down for me? What does it look like for me? What do I do tomorrow? I have no idea. Doctor, you're, you're, gonna, you're pre-diabetic. You have type 2 diabetes. You may die from this. See you in four months. Lose weight. Right? Who is the next person in line that this person can talk to to help them on their goal? Right? We can talk to primary care physicians and say, we are the next person in line. You may not see them for every six months, but we could see them twice a week. Even if we don't see them twice a week, we could give them a program that works for them. So more, more so that we're in line with the healthcare continuum, I think we can really have a big impact on getting people off medications, really changing the gym thought process of what we see now in it being big box gym, money made gyms of, okay, now we need to get people who are really changing their lives, right? Can we reduce, can we reduce insurance premiums? Can we do this? Can we help them, give them incentive to live healthier lives? Because we are in trouble. We're in trouble as a country, right? We, we, we're fortunate because we see kids. <laughs> it was just, I hate to say it, but these kids are the most out of shape kids I've ever seen. It's not good. It is not good. And when you put them through a simple workout and they stop and they're so fatigued, as a coach, you're looking like they are really fatigued. They're not just they're not bullshit. They're out. not yeah. copping yeah. out. They are that fatigued where they have to, like, sit down and lay down on the – you're like, this is scary to see. This is an issue. So that's my ultimate – that's my ultimate goal when it comes to this, of uh, making sure we have smart people like us in the healthcare continuum who could communicate with people. Doctors have, you know, they have so many patients that they're not able to give this type of relationship that our clients are able to get. And we know we still want to run a business, but we also want to be there for the grand scheme of things, the why of why we're in this. You are, you are the primary care coach. You know what's so crazy? And like, Without and a doubt. That's, that, is, that is exactly our mm -hmm. social mission. We've been pushing towards like fitness, meditation, and, and yoga in CPS schools and going in. And I think what's interesting, you said like during the workout, like when I was six and seven, I played outside for hours. You had to turn hours, me down. You had hours. to turn me down. I was down. outside for 10 hours. You had to hours turn me row. down. As an overweight kid, I was playing basketball six hours a day. Yeah. Like, Ooh, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, quote easy. unquote, not in shape for exactly. a kid. Exactly. And it just. I think I think the the rough thing is is that, you know, the kids who you're talking about that, the life expectancy is not a is not a guarantee. And I mean, no one's tomorrow's guarantee. Mm -hmm. We found that out recently. Yep. Pretty um, pretty point blank. Yeah. But those kids have never been shown an alternative. What out? They don't. They don't know that there is an opportunity yep. to do that. And I don't feel guilty about it i think that's the wrong emotion but i was in every way fortunate mm -hmm. to grow up mm -hmm. with i could play privilege. i played it's privilege yeah, it's a privilege, yeah. yeah. i played yep. soccer baseball mm -hmm. basketball i i, I put every sport Without you could imagine doubt. golf which Without is expensive as hell exactly i learned how to 
snowboard yep. when I was in grade school. Without like, a doubt. That type of stuff. You're just like, you're not pulling a kid off the south side without that a doubt. doesn't know where his next We call those country club sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, but I mean, even the ones, even the ones that you can, that are the most accessible running, yep. those kids don't have access exactly. to a safe place yep. to go run. Without and a I doubt. And I think we've taken that on as if we can, if we can show a kid what their real potential yes. is, not what they think that their yes. potential is, but actually let them understand your true limit is not that. Without a doubt. And and you know I think what we're what we're really trying to do is find partners who like have a voice to say, who have come from that. I think that are relatable and can provide that yep. accessibility. But one thing that we've been so so pushing on and like and I think is the basis of our business is like is is the mental side of that game. Exactly. It's like getting getting in that yeah. looking at that kid yep. in the same way you talk same way you walk into a room and look at an adult mm-hmm. that's kind of a little bit timid and mm-hmm. a little bit hesitant. If you lock eyes with a kid, yep. they'll never forget that for Ever. the rest of their Ever. life. Ever, Ever again. And um and that's why we teach it to adults because you never learned it as a kid. So it was crazy uh over all-star weekend i got to do a ton of work with nike basketball and virgil had took over a boys and girls a boys and girls club martin luther king boys and girls club and kind of like redesigned the court and this is a crazy story so i'm like emceeing and like um doing the i'm doing the basketball camp for the kids and the kids are going crazy like they're having so much fun lebron james comes out we talked about this a little bit earlier the kids go crazy right LeBron James leaves. The kids are that crazy for me. And one of the one of the regional directors of Boys and Girls Club said, the kids will remember LeBron James tomorrow. They're going to remember you for the rest of their lives. And that was so impactful for me because it is so true. I've been in events as a kid, and I remember the remember. coach so vividly, and yeah. it could have been a million other things going on, but I remember that coach remembered my name. We did this one, like, cool thing that I don't really remember, but it was so fun, and I would do it a million times if I saw that coach. So us growing up, and I think understanding what the word coach meant to us growing up is such a responsibility that we have to take to the next generation. There's an entire generation that was under us that doesn't have coaches that they can lean on and talk to and really – pour into and really help them set goals. Coaches are the first goal setters besides our parents in our life. They're going to set a goal for you at the beginning of the season and preseason and conditioning. They're setting a goal for you that they expect you to maintain. Championship. We want to win a championship. I want you guys to become a better team. That's a goal that is a long goal. Many times, you know, we call it the microwave society, obviously, but – they, they want their goal to come true the next day. A season sometimes in high school and middle school is six, seven months. So working, practicing every single day to try to attain a goal that you may not get, right, is so powerful, so sports. powerful. Sport, That's right? Sports. We talk about – you, you know, see Tom Brady's post? Uh, how crazy that? Was, that? was so awesome. Right? He was like, that's it. You put it yeah. on the line and you fail, mm-hmm. you're in front of the whole world. And you so forget that. that you that forget is like, that. That moment in forget time that. is in ESPN, not yeah. top ten forever. I, uh, I read a great book on – they said the loneliest – place on earth is a boxer the next morning after they lose 
Can you imagine that? You just lost in front of, you trained your ass off for six months every single day, and you lost in front of millions of people, and you wake up alone. Yeah. And it's a mono mono thing. Wow. No one else is in the ring just with you. Like you it's just ass it's a primal. It's it wasn't a primal. Like you missed a free throw. And it was like, oops. It was like, no. As a, a, as a as a physical a animal, primal you thing. Lost. As yeah. a primal thing, you lost. <laughs> yeah. And the gladiator times, you would be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, you don't get to wake up. So it, goal setting, failures, success, failures, all of that is so important in cultivating a human being that we really need to take our privilege and really give it to these kids and really pour into them and tell them how great they are because it may be the only time they hear throughout a day, throughout a lifetime. And understand, uh, I saw that thing, on, I think you guys saw this story on Warwick Dunn did, Warwick Dunn lost his mom in college. Um, he had to, so he's raised like his sister. He raised his sisters. Um, obviously had a great NFL career. Every year, he would build a house for a single-parent single, single parent mom. One of the houses he built, one of the first houses he built ended up being Deshaun Watson's mom, who's now in the NFL, who has, like, tripled this charity and now builds, like, a 100 homes. And that's the seed, right? Like, you, you literally, know. you have you no clue. You out Des you're just, Deshaun Watson. You're just yeah. planting the seed. You're just planting the seed. That hoping they were growing to this oak tree that it grew into, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's Deshaun Watson. We know Deshaun Watson. Who knows the countless accountants, oh, yeah. doctors, you know, oh, like that he built just by planting that seed and not even caring about if he saw the tree come, you know, not even caring about that. How cool is it to listen to other athletes too that are like, I was watching Kobe, I like, or I, I was playing somebody. Um, it happens in golf a lot, I think, because the, the, the career is so long. Mm -hmm. But like being like, yo, I, I grew up when I was five. I was watching Tiger Woods on Without TV. A doubt. And now you watch them play rounds with Tiger and they ask for autographs ask in the round. Can you imagine That's like Anthony Davis walking up to LeBron James and be like, during a game, be like, yo, bro, can I grab your autograph <laughs> yeah, before the season I, starts just in case I like get traded or without something? Without a doubt. It's like, but it's that it, level it's of. It's that um, type of level. You don't know. You don't know if Deshaun Watson yep. is sitting in one of your game changers. Without games. a doubt, like that is, but that's cool. And that's, that's why I'm so excited yeah. about game changers. That's why I'm so excited about getting into youth, pouring into youth, just because you have. They they are limitless. They oh. can literally they are molds of clay, and if you direct them in the right way, you have no idea where they can take their life. And this is not even a sport. They can really change their community. They can change their life. We all started. We all were poured into. We were seeds of some great. Every we talk about like the Bill the Bill Belichick coaching tree, the Greg Popovich coaching tree. We are part of coaching trees of some great coach who poured into another great coach, who poured into another great coach, who poured into your parents, who poured into you. So once we see that type of circle developing, I, I credit myself and I want to be one of those coaches of, oh, wow, that coach coached under Dave or that, that athlete trained under Dave. I know that they do – a certain amount of things, right? They're going to bring it every single day. They're going to have a great attitude. They're going to understand the basics of movement. They're going to be a great teammate, right? If we have that ethos or that athlete strategy, we can really start to develop great human beings, which obviously be great athletes, you know?
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we ask every guest, and you've kind of you've, you've iterated on this a few times, but obviously our, our motto is have the best day ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talked about that you're already on that. But yep. you wake up tomorrow, yep. anything you want to do, what does it look like? I want to train kids. I want to train a lot of kids. I want to teach them movement, teach them that they can be anything they that they want to do. And then in the evening, I want to – that's great. In the evening, my best day ever. All right, let's break this down. So best day ever in the morning, I'm training close to 100 kids who've never trained before, and I'm I'm their first experience with training, right, because I want their first experience to be a positive experience. I had not positive experience, so it took years and years yeah. of tearing through that to really have me fall in love with that. So I wanted to be their first experience. My next one would be my professional athletes and my CEOs, which we understand we love those, right? They're they're self-driven. <laughs> yeah. You give yeah, them, you so know, hard. I always try to say in, in sessions I try to give – um, successes and failures, right? With the kids, I want to give them 95% success, 5% failure, so they come back. With these CEOs, these type one personalities, yeah, we give them 80% failure, <laughs> yeah. right? You're not as cool. You're not as good as you think. <laughs> yeah. But we do see the switch and the mm -hmm. flip of they like, oh, you see in their mind, it, they're just trying to compute and just understand how to get better and understand how long will this take, how much – how much better can I get at this, right? And you really you really get pumped up as a coach for those sessions because it sharpens you. It sharpens your knife. It sharpens your blade. In the evening, I want to be able to speak and do more things like this. It's, it's a challenge for me to share my story, all right? Um, it's, it's not a surface thing, but it's easy for me to be positive. It's hard for me to rip the armor off that people really start to see the inside of me. But it has made me a better coach. It's made me a better human. It's allowed me to deal with stress much better just by being able to pull that armor off. So anything that makes me uncomfortable, I understand, helps me grow at the end of the day. So if I'm one of those people who say I'm constantly growing, that has to be part of my best day ever. I have to want to. I have to want to challenge myself and grow. So that'll be my best day ever. End it with some. Some nice food at night. My Eating mom, yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, mom, yeah, mom telling me everything I need to improve on, <laughs> <laughs> and then just taking it from there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, we want to say thanks for for being here. Uh, any any time coming? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, that was for sure. So good. For uh, sure. Any any parting words of advice? Um, anything else you want to get out to, um, to the listeners? I'm a I'm a big. And this is one of those things, I'm, I'm going a little deep in this. I'm a big person of only respect people who live what they say. And credit to you guys, since I've met you guys, you guys live and walk the talk, right? The people I look up to, the people I love in any industry who I want to share my time with, who I want to be around, they have to walk the talk, right? And you guys have done that from the beginning, so kudos to you. Uh, I, I, I feel super respected that those people are in my world because, you know, we know we don't keep bullshit around us if you're not walking the talk, if you're not living the life that you say. So kudos to you guys for doing that from the beginning, from the beginning. <laughs> Thanks, bro. We appreciate that. Yeah. Where can people find out about you? Where can people train with you? Where can kids yep. take the game changers? Yep. So where's it all at? You guys can um, – best way to follow me is Instagram, 24LifeDC. Again, Instagram, 24LifeDC. Game Changes is on OIMtraining.com, but you guys can just reach out to me. i get you signed up. We're going Monday nights, middle school at 530, high school at 630, and Saturday, middle school at 11, 
a.m., uh, high school at noon. Uh, so we're just going to pack the house, man. This is for all sports, all sports, all sports. As we know, you become the best athlete first. We let you guys specialize later in life, but I just want to make you the best athlete you can. Dave, we love you, brother. Love you guys too, man, for sure. That was great. That was awesome. That's so Best good. day ever, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wrap.